Hallelujah. Praise God. I like what Minister Caleb said. Your life, the quality of your life. Amen. Amen. Jesus came for quality of Amen. life. Oh, yes. Amen. I used to work for, uh, I used to work for the military as, a, as an engineer, a civilian engineer. And this phrase just kept coming up and it helped us understand our assignment and our mission as we serve the Army's um, families, uh, Fort Campbell and really all over, the, all over the world, that our job was to improve the quality of life for the soldiers, where they lived, that's what the engineers did. We built their schools, their hospitals, built their recreational facilities, we built their, their uh, homes uh, on an installation, it's a city. And our job was to improve the quality of life for soldiers that put their life on the line to defend this nation. And um, Jesus is no different. He says, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. That the purpose of Jesus coming to into this world as a man and paying the penalty for our sins and taking our place on the cross and taking our place uh, in the grave, taking our place in hell was to improve our quality of life. Amen. Amen. And then as you had an encounter with him, your quality of life should go up. Right. Yeah. Amen. You don't meet Jesus and stay the same. Right. Jesus doesn't do a work in your life and you stay the same. Amen. He has come to change everything about your life to take it on another level where you enjoy living. You get up and say, thank God it's morning. Let's do this. Instead of getting up and saying, oh my goodness. This morning, <laughs> he came that you might have life yes. and have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. And so if he came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, then our encounters with him should improve our quality yes. of life. Yeah. Amen. And so when, when Caleb said that, it went off in my spirit this morning that you have to have encounters with God Amen. through Jesus Christ if the quality of your life's going to come up. Amen. Your encounters with him determine your success in life, determines your victory over challenges, determines your victory over sickness, disease, depression, financial challenges. Your encounters with him turn those things. Amen. It turns those things and causes those things to work out for your favor. Amen. I'm thinking about Moses right now. He wanted to deliver the children of Israel. And he tried to do it the first time without an encounter with God. Amen. And he ended up killing one Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> he killed one Egyptian, got labeled as a murderer, had a death warrant put out for him, and he had to flee the country because he tried to do it without an encounter with God. Come on now. An encounter with God will empower your life. It'll make you stronger. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah, David had an encounter with God. Yes, Praise God. When he had an encounter with God, the anointing came on his life. Yeah. And when it was time to fight Goliath, yeah. <laughs> everybody else was backing up. Yeah. 
Come on now, everybody else was backing up because he had, he had an encounter with God and got an, an anointing put on his life in the presence of God. Yeah. Amen. He told the John, I'm going to cut your head off. Yeah. You don't tell a 10 foot man. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> okay, you look through the NBA basketball, there ain't nobody 10 foot. Yeah. The goal is 10 foot. Yeah. Come on now, Goliath would just, just pass it to Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you got to do to play, <laughs> play with it. Pass it to Goliath. Yeah. If it's 10 foot, he don't have to jump. He can dunk without dunking. Would have been in, in, I don't know what they'd have called it. <laughs> Amen. Clunking instead of dunking because all he had to do was jump. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> David cut his head off because of his encounter with God. Mm-hmm. Which means that obstacles that come against your life don't look as big as it looked to other people yeah, yeah. because you had an encounter with God. Yeah. Once Moses had an encounter with God, the Bible said he, he walked back to Egypt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Amen. He, was, he, came, he came bigger than General MacArthur. You know, they ran General MacArthur out of the Philippines in World War II. General MacArthur said, I, I shall return. He did come back. Amen. But Moses came back too. But MacArthur came back with a whole army. Moses walked back with a stick. (laughs) Come on now. His encounter with God. See, MacArthur left because he didn't have an army. He only came back because he had an army with him. Moses went back with a stick. (laughs) A stick and stuttering. Talk about my people go. Come on now. Praise God. If God be for you, he can save by many or by few. Just an encounter with God changes mind and said, I can go back there and accomplish what's in my heart because I had an encounter with God. Praise God. Amen. And the reason why people don't make the progressions they want to make in life is because their encounters with God are so limited mm-hmm. yeah. that people can go a whole day and not have an encounter with God. That means every challenge you face today, you're going to do it in your own strength. And the Bible said Jesus had to die for us because we were without strength. Amen. Which means that man or woman without God is without strength. Ephesians go on to say that if you're living with God, without God, you have no hope mm-hmm. for victory in your life. Yeah. Even if things look good, mm-hmm. and even if things are going well and the sun is shining, the storm is coming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who you are, yeah. the Bible says the storm is coming to everybody. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. But the one that had their house uh-huh. that was built on a rock. Yeah. It don't matter that your storm came. That's right. Amen. The storm coming and the sun shining, the results are the same for a person who has encounters with God. It's the people that don't have encounters with God, which means the storm can disrupt the course of their life. You know what I'm saying? Satan's job is to disrupt the course of your life. Yes. He doesn't want you to have a good life. Mm-hmm. Amen. So you're going to have to have encounters with God like Moses did. Yeah. Yes. And he was able to accomplish his objective. And that was to get the children of Israel out yeah. without an army, just a stick and with God. Yeah. It's big enough. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the apostle Paul said, I can do all things. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. If he's going to give me his strength, 
I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. Which means you're going to need some strength today. <laughs> Come on now. Yes, you are. If you're trying to raise children, you're really going to need some strength. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. You're going to be married? Already married? If you're married already, you know you need some strength. Come on now. Praise God. It takes power to live this life. You just can't live this life without power. And the power to live comes from God. It takes power to have a sound mind, to keep your mind from going squirrely. You got to have some power to cast down imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. You got to have an encounter with God to give you mental ability of strength and power to know that everything's going to be all right, even though it looks like there's challenges coming. Why? Because God is on your side. Man, the Bible said, if God be for you, who? Come on now. They just wrote it like every other word, but that word should have been capitalized all the way over. Who? With a question mark. That's right. Who's going to be against you? Which means that nothing can come against you if God is on your side and get victory over you. It would have to whoop God first. It would have to get God depressed. Amen. Come on now. If God is with you, amen. If you and your group go out and get whooped and the whole group get whooped, you didn't have much of a group. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jerry's laughing. He understands that clearly. The rest of y'all don't. <laughs> Praise God. No. If God is on your side, the Bible says you're supposed to get up and say boldly, the Lord is helping me today. I'm not doing this by myself. The Lord is my helper. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 13. You're supposed to say that. We will say boldly. The Lord is my helper. Yes, Lord. I would not be afraid of men. Mm-hmm. I would not be afraid of what they say or yes. what they're going to do. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So he's right. It's the counters with God that change your life. Amen. And the counters with God that change your life are called prayer. All right. Amen. That's right. Yes. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. The encounters with God yes. are called prayer. Amen. 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 And don't you know that Christians, especially in America, <clears throat> that is the least thing that they do as New Testament believers. You have a prayer meet, you call Sunday morning, Sunday morning is your most populated service for the ones that decided to come. They didn't have nothing else to do. Amen. But let trouble come. Yeah, come on. The pastor phone rings like the bat phone. You ever seen a bad man? <laughs> When Gotham City got in trouble, the Batman had a red phone. It would just light up if Gotham did. They only called when they had trouble. I never saw him calling, Batman, how you doing today? I just want to tell you thank you for everything you did last week and got rid of the Joker and the Riddler all in one week. We want to thank you. Thank you. For helping us this week. No. They never called to say thank you, to see how you were doing. Yeah. Want to let you know we are so excited about your service to our city. Yeah. Without you, we don't know where we would be. Yeah. They never call. Yeah. They only call 
Well, Miss Christina said that. <laughs> sad to say. Christina said it was sad too. <laughs> that some Christians never try to have an encounter with God oh my God. Yeah. until they're in trouble. That's where this phrase, oh Lord. What are we going to do now? Well, if you practice fellowshipping with him, you will come to the place where you realize it doesn't matter that trouble came. Amen. That's right. Yes, sir. It doesn't matter that trouble came. Amen. Amen. Because of my encounters with him, I have learned that angels encamp around. Come on. Come on. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's more for me. Come on now. It's more for me. The Bible teaches you that it's more for you that can ever be against you. But you got to learn that in his presence. Moses knew that it's more going for me because he learned it in God's presence. God told him, stick your hand in your coat. It came out leprosy. Put your hand back. It came out all right. He said, God, I'm sure glad you got that down. I'm sure glad. You figured out how to do that. Because <laughs> when I brought it back out, <laughs> praise God. He said, throw your stick down. Yeah, come on. Turned into a serpent. Yeah. He learned in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Just like we sang this morning, you are great. Yes. Come on now. Yes. Praise God. Y'all thank God for the praise and worship team. Because you probably wouldn't have said that this week if they hadn't yeah. said it. Yeah. I sure hope you weren't standing there. Because he is God great. And you should have got involved in that. You are great. You do miracles so great. There's no one else like you. That would encourage you that when challenges came against you this week, you already declared you are great. And if you got to do a miracle, go ahead and do it because that's how you get down. We don't sing songs just to fill up time. We're trying to renew your mind. That's right. You got to say it. How did you learn your ABCs? Watching somebody else say them? And we put them in a song. So you didn't mind joining along. And you remember them because of the song. We sang songs so that even if you don't have your Bible with you, there's been something imprinted in your consciousness that is already in your spirit. You do miracles. There's nobody like you. A song can save you. Paul and Silas begin to praise God in the midnight hour, hallelujah. When everything looked like it was there, no hope and it was all over with. We're going to be executed in the morning, but they begin to praise God. You know the only people that praise God when they're in trouble is the ones that already praised him when they weren't in trouble. You train yourself no matter what state I am. Come on, I'm instant in season. It don't matter what season it is. Amen. I've trained myself. Come on now to praise God. In the part, no matter what my state is, I'm still going to praise him because I know God is bigger than my problem. 
Thank you, Lord. The Bible said those that know their God yeah. will be strong yeah. and do exploits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know a person unless you spend time with the person. Yeah. And that encounter is called prayer. Sunday morning is your most populated service. Bible study can be cut back 50%. Mm -hmm. Call a prayer meeting. You get 10% of your church, maybe. Some churches have gotten so discouraged they don't even have prayer meetings. They don't even have them because they've gotten so discouraged. They don't even have prayer. But prayer is how you come to know your God. It's how you come to know your God. We call it, a, my experience with Jesus Christ, we call it a personal relationship with God. Amen. You got to get personal with God. If you're going to do great things, you're going to have to get personal with God. Amen. And so my assignment this morning is to teach you how to pray. Yes. Amen. The success of a church is not based on its preaching, its singing, in human mind it is but not in spiritual things because if there's no encounters with God because you know when God shows up you know when God shows up he shows up to destroy the works of the devil and any kind of obstacle that's coming into his people's lives if there's sickness he comes to heal it we never come out and talk. We never know what the Lord going to do. We know he's going to do. He's going to do the gospel, the good news. He's going to produce life. He's going to move out darkness and put light. He's going to move out sickness and disease and put health. He's going to move out poverty and put wealth. That's what he does. He said, I come to have an encounter with you so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. But the weakest ministry in the body of Christ, especially in America, mm -hmm. is prayer. Yes, mm -hmm. We have people that say they are God's children, yes. but they never talk to him unless it's an emergency. And that is not how the body of Christ is designed to function. Turn over here to Hebrew, not Hebrews, Luke chapter 11. I thought I was just going to preach on it on Wednesday nights. And the God says, no, you got to teach your whole church how to pray. You got to teach your whole church how to pray. The strength and the quality of a church is best on, based not on its singing ability, not based on its orating ability, but it's based on its intercession ability. Amen. I believe it's over in Romans chapter eight. <clears throat> the Bible says that Jesus ever liveth to make an intercession for us. His whole ministry is prayer. His whole ministry in the earth was prayer. His whole ministry in heaven is prayer. He is the head of the church and he is our example. And every New Testament believer is to have a prayer life. And in the passage of scripture we're going to review right now, the disciples watched the life of Jesus and they noticed he went in, he started his ministry. How did he start his ministry? Prayer. He started his ministry in prayer. Where did he start his ministry at? 
He was 30 years old. Where was he at? Where does the Bible record him at at 30? To start his ministry. He was being baptized by John. He went into wilderness being baptized by John. And the Bible said during his baptism, what was he doing? He was praying. And the heavens opened up. Thank you, Miss Christine. She probably could preach this this morning. But I'll go ahead and do it since I'm up. Take the mic off and give it. That's just taking up time. But the Bible said, as he was praying, the heavens opened. Come on now. That a man praying to the Father caused the heavens to open. Come on now. And the moment heaven opened, it starts supplying earth. Evidently, before he was start praying, it was closed. But the moment he started praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Ghost descended on him. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're going to need more Holy Ghost than you currently have right now. Come on now. The first thing dropped out of him was power from on high. Come on now. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come on you. Amen. And as he was praying, he was having an encounter like Moses was in, in conversation with God. God empowered him by that burning bush. Jesus got empowered out in the middle of the Jordan because he was having an encounter with God. John was baptizing him, but his focus was in heaven. And the heavens open. Heaven is earth's supply depot. The Bible said every good and perfect gift comes from above. Come on now. From the Father of lights in heaven. Amen. Because heaven is being encountered. People who never pray never develop a vertical heavenly encounter. That means all their encounters are horizontal. And if they can't get horizontal help, they lose hope. They lose hope. But I want to tell you this morning, heaven wants to help you. And everything you're doing, heaven wants to help you. In any kind of situation you're going through, heaven wants to help you. And the greater you get to know that, the greater your confidence is in living. The less you worry, yeah, that's right. the less you are afraid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Amen. What was the prophet was surrounded in Dothan? Yeah. Elisha. And his servant got up because the Assyrians were looking for him because he was a prophet. And he was a he was a seer. He could tell what was coming before yeah. it got there. Yes. So he was given the Israelites military strategy over the Assyrians, even though the Assyrians had a stronger army, the intelligence that Israel was getting from heaven through the prophet gave them the advantage. Amen. If you know when your enemy is getting ready to hit you, if you just move out of the way, you won't get hit. Amen. And you know when to hit back. And they were doing a very good job of it. And they found out the prophet was telling them all this. So they said, if we get rid of the prophet, we'll have the advantage. So they found out the prophet was in Dothan. So they went, the whole Assyrian army surrounded the whole city. 
Nobody can come in and nobody can come out because it's horizontal. You got to go in on the horizontal, come out on the horizontal, and they had that surrounded. But they didn't realize they forgot to cover the top. <laughs> they forgot to cover the top. Because, <laughs> because Elijah, amen, because of his encounter and relationship with God, God sent angels from above. And they surrounded the whole city. Come on now. And their chariots was on fire. Just like a burning bush was not consumed. Come on now. How would you like the police cars to show up at your house on fire? And they're not burning. They just, come on now. <laughs> come on. <clears throat> if the whole police department surrounds your house this morning, oh my. your neighbors don't know you. <laughs> no, 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 no. We never talk to them. They just kind of just alone people. We never bought. I knew they was up to something though. <laughs> I never trusted them. <laughs> Tried to bring us Kool-Aid and everything. We never took it. I want you to know that, officer. No. Your house is surrounded like that. They don't know you right, right now. Right. <laughs> and so the prophet's servant got up and he just went out to get a fresh breath of air. Mm. And he looked up and saw that the Assyrian army had completely surrounded the house, the city, and he ran back in the house, terrified. He said, alas, master, what shall we do? We're in trouble. I knew I shouldn't have took this missionary trip with you. <laughs> Should let somebody else go. I'm going to Canada this weekend. I pray that the Canadian army is not looking for Dr. Jacobs. Because yeah. we're going to Canada this weekend. But anyway, next weekend. Amen. But anyway, <clears throat> the prophet prayed, said, Lord, notice he had an encounter with God. Not for himself. He had an encounter with God for somebody else. Because somebody else needs a revelation of how great you are. Come on now. I'm trying to tell you the power of talking with God. You can do more than just help yourself. You can help somebody else if you know the power of access you have to the throne room. He said, God, my eyes are fine. I know how great you are. I know that you will never leave me nor forsake me, that you are with me to the end. Those that honor you, the angels of the Lord, encamp around about them. It looks like I'm outnumbered. Just to him. But I got to stay in this house with him right now. And I can't have him losing his mind. So, Lord, would you open his eyes? I trust your word. It's good enough for me. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. I don't care how it looks. God gave me his word. That no evil shall befall me. No plague come nigh my dwelling. I'm going to give you power to tread upon the enemy and the serpents. Amen. And nothing shall by any means harm you. Yes, that's right. The last thing the Christian should be right now is scared. That's right. That's Amen. Right. 
living in fear and having anxiety. <laughs> if they know God. That's right. Now this guy, he was with the prophet every day, but he didn't know the God of the prophet. He didn't even know he could pray. So he got somebody to pray for. He didn't even ask for prayer because he didn't believe prayer worked. A lot of people don't encounter God because they don't believe God will help them. Amen. If you believe he'd help you, you'd ask. He don't believe he'll help you. You don't know he'll help you. You don't know how to ask for help. Well, that's what we come here today to help you Derek Prince said the person that encounters God or has a consistent prayer life is the most powerful person on the face of the earth. Amen. And Jesus proved that because when he was on the planet, his intercession life made him the most powerful man on the planet. When you go into a city and cast out all the devils in the city, that's power. When people are blind, when people are sick, and when people are lame, and you walk into the city, and you heal everybody in the city with the power of God, that's power. Amen. When you're able to feed 5,000 people without Kroger's, Piggly Wigglies, Walmart, just because you know how to hook up with heaven. Mm-hmm. He didn't look verti- horizontal, he looked vertical. Mm-hmm. And when he looked vertical, the Bible says the power of God began to minister in the earth and the bread began to multiply and fed 5,000 people. It was impossible for humanity to get it done. The Bible said with God, no. <laughs> with him, yeah. Yeah. there is nothing That's right. impossible. That's right. If you're with him, if you're having encounters with him, nothing is impossible with God. It's trying to do stuff without him. That's where trouble come in. I'm going to say it again. Ephesians chapter 2 says, if you're trying to do anything without God, you have no hope. So Elijah prayed, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see that is more for us than against us. And that is the standard and the quality of living for every person that is in covenant with God. There's more for you than is ever against you. But you got to learn that. Amen. You learn that by understanding how big your God is. See, the enemy don't want you to learn how to pray. He don't care if we preach. Not this subject, though. Preaching don't change people, per se, to live the fullness of the life they have for God. Because preaching is the knowledge that somebody else has based on their walk with God that you are trying to learn. And if you don't go back and study what they just said, the Bible says the devil comes immediately. Yeah. Amen. Why? Because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So if you're having a relationship with the word, you're having a relationship with God. And he don't want you to have that. So he comes to take away the word that just got presented to you. 
And he's good at it, from what I can tell. Because if you go ask somebody this evening, right after Sunday dinner, yes. what did the preacher preach on? Uh, <laughs> you're just looking at a Rob Saint. <laughs> Been jacked yes. between the potato salad and the meatloaf. Yes, hallelujah. Somewhere the devil got yes, it. Yes, he got it. <laughs> got it and took everything. He took it off. Uh, uh, what he, well, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. <laughs> no, that's why you got to write things down. You ain't going to remember everything. You got to do the He said, go make disciples, students. This is a classroom. I know you hated school, but this is one that'll put you over. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Glory. How many of y'all play hooky? Just skip class. No, don't raise your hand because I don't know. No. No. <laughs> no. God wants to have encounters with you. He wants to teach you how to pray. So we're going to talk about that. So you can learn who your God is. Yeah. Yourself. That's right. Amen. I'm going to read you out of Luke chapter 11. <clears throat> the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They saw the power in the life of Jesus. They knew it was generated from his prayer life. They knew that the power of his life came from his intercession life. And so they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to preach, teach us how to cast out devils, teach us how to prosper. They didn't say that. They didn't say that. Teach us how to heal people. They didn't say that. After they watched his life, they said, Lord... Teach us how to pray. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus went from prayer meeting to prayer meeting. Yes. And in between, he worked miracles. Yes. According to the will of God is what he did. When you study his life, and I said this once, I heard somebody say this. They said, um, Jesus spent 30% of his life in prayer. And I said, God, see, if you say something to me, my mind goes from Genesis to Revelations to find it. Because I study my Bible. I don't let people tell me what the Bible says. I confirm whether or not what they said is in the Bible. So I can write people off real easily. I was in a call with my pastor one day and I was reading. I was uh, the director of the Bible school at Church on the Rock in Indiana. And, and I was reading some material that we were going to use for, as curriculum for our class. And I said, I can't find this in the Bible, this statement right here. He said, Keith, let me tell you something. He said, I don't care who it is. If they can't show you in the Bible, in more than one place, because somebody could tell you uh, Paul was Timothy's biological father because he said he called Timothy his son in the faith. And you read that, you think it's his son. Or Paul said, my old man was crucified with Christ. And they let you know one of the thieves on the Paul's cross was Paul's daddy. Oh, my. Wow. And then you out telling somebody that. I mean, this guy went to the movie, went to the movies one time. You got to watch going to the movies, too. Because the last Moses movie had Moses getting drowned. Moses did not get a drop of water on him. They had Moses down there running with faith. Come on, man, get out of here. <laughs> and you don't want to read your Bible, you want to watch movies. <laughs> You're going to be unstable in the world. 
Because this guy, he was at our church in Indiana. He went to the movies where his wife came back. He said, don't you know they killed Judas too? No, Lazarus. <laughs> it was Lazarus. He said, don't you know they killed Lazarus too? I said, what? <laughs> I said, man, hold on. <laughs> now, he didn't tell me he went to the movies. <laughs> he just made this statement. <laughs> I done read through the Gospels. There ain't nowhere in there nobody killed Lazarus after they raised, Jesus raised him from the dead. I said, man, give me, let me get my Bible. I can't find, I, that, I kept looking. I said, man, they ain't in here. He said, well, it was at the movies. <laughs> so get your things and leave my house real quick. See you Sunday. <laughs> It's so many people have been taught wrong because they're too lazy to read their Bible. God told me this. He said, Keith, you can know me as well as any man if you would take the time out to get to know me. You don't have to worship somebody else's relationship with God if you would take the time to have a relationship with him yourself. Your Bible is God talking to you. Yes, that's good. It's the word of the yeah. living God. That's right. that's, yeah. And Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. If you let them get in you, they'll come alive come on, on the come inside. On. That's right. That's right. They will. And God don't care who it is. Right. Whosoever will, let him come. Oh, my, my, my. Yeah. Drink of the water of life freely. And they that hung and thirst after righteousness and they want to know my word, they shall be filled. Yes. If you get hungry, yeah. you're yeah. not going to be Bible ignorant. That's right. That's right. God will make sure you're in the right place yeah. to understand who he is. That's right. So in Luke chapter 11, they said, Jesus, we see you praying. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now teach us how to talk to the Father yeah. just like you do. Thank you, Jesus. And what did he say? No, I'm not going to teach you that. <clears throat> Immediately he started teaching. Amen. You're in Luke chapter 11 by now? Yes. And this is what he taught them. When they ask, see, then that means you got to be taught how to pray. Yes. Right. Yeah. So then that must be correct prayer uh -huh. and incorrect prayer. Yes. If you got to be taught how to do it. Right. Right. The first thing he says, pray to the father. And people saw so you hear people say, well, I'm going to talk to the man upstairs. <laughs> Where ain't no man up there for you to talk to. Right. <laughs> You're supposed to pray to the father. Yeah. Your heavenly father. Amen. And he's your heavenly father. That means you must be from heaven. You just learn something about your identity. The Bible says you're citizens of heaven. That your name is written in heaven. When you leave this planet, you are going to heaven. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. Yes. And Thomas said, doubting Thomas. We don't know what Philip or Thomas said. We don't know the way. Jesus told him, I am the way. I'm the way to the Father. If you have a relationship with me, you can have a relationship with him. And so let's look what he said right here in Luke chapter 11. Amen. Amen. My objective in teaching this is that every believer in this church will have an active prayer life with God every day. Amen. Every day. Because the strength of the church is based on how it prays. 
Jesus started off praying in the Jordan River to start off his ministry. You go to Acts chapter one, the church started off in prayer. They didn't start off in preaching. They didn't start off in singing. They didn't start off trying to minister to the sick. They started off praying because you cannot serve God without a personal relationship with him. But we have people doing it all the time. Dr. Jacobs gave me a, a book on, on intercessory prayer, and it says Mer American preachers pray less. Maybe European and American preachers pray less than any country on the planet. So if they pray less, that means that their followers are going to pray less. I don't want a church like that. Because that's a powerless church. That's the church the devil is having havoc in. I don't care how many people in it. don't matter. It's a, it is a weak church because it doesn't know God. You go to a church that doesn't pray and it doesn't pray in the spirit, praying in other tongues. I guarantee you they will not heal the sick and they will not do miracles and they will not cast out devils. Because those things are off, those abilities are off limit because you can't do it without a pe people that talk to God. Amen. It's a weak church. It's what it is and nobody wants it. Amen. 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 So <clears throat> he says, he says, Keith, your whole coming to this city is for a revival. You got to raise up your assignment. If you read, if you look at the prophecies of our church, our assignment is revival. Yes. Amen. And one of the <clears throat> One of the characteristics of a church in revival, the main characteristic of a church in revival, is been revived to pray. Yes. If the people get up every day and just go through their normal lives and never address heaven, it's a church completely out of the will of God. And so this is the reason why I have to do this. And he says, you're going to do this not just Wednesday night. You're going to do this Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And you're going to do it until I tell you to stop. Right. Amen. Because you cannot accomplish your objective mm -hmm. without a praying church. Yep. Praise God. Now some of the kids, they got it. The young people, they got it. Oh, yeah. They're out there in the morning, early in the morning, walking in the park, praying on the vision of the church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And we got a prayer team that comes in on Sunday morning. And goes back in the back and prays over the services. Amen. We got to expand the ministry of prayer. Yes. Because expanding without praying is really not growth at all. It's not. Because any challenge comes, it's, you know, they just fold. Luke chapter 11, you're not there. Just listen to me now. Just because I'm going to read it. If you, if you ain't got it found it yet, just listen to me. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, the first thing Jesus did in the morning would be to get up to pray. That's the first thing he did. And his ministry became so popular. I won't say popular. Came in such demand. Because people who talk to God are in high demand. Because the power starts showing up. Amen. Amen. The encounters with God are going to produce supernatural results. 
I don't have time to go to Matthew 6, 6 now, but God says he promises the people that get with me in private are going to have public results. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If they meet with me in private, then I'm going to manifest in the public in their life. Yeah. And I'm not going to manifest with human ability. I'm going to manifest with godly ability. Yeah, right. And so miracles and signs and wonders and your life is going to become a standout. Yeah. Yes, yeah. hallelujah. Yeah. A yeah. person prays with their business, your business is going to become a standout. Yeah. Yeah. Your business is going to be distinct. Prayer makes you, because you invite God into your life and everything you're doing, your life becomes distinct. It yeah. becomes set apart Amen. on a higher level than other people yes. because you talk to God. Everybody else is afraid you're not. Everybody, everybody else's house is going through it. Yours is not. Hey, come on. It's not like it wasn't attacked with yeah. the same attack. Yeah. Yeah. I told you the storm comes to everybody's house, but some people's house is still standing yeah. after it's over yeah. with. Yeah. And those are people who encounter God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. He said a thousand are fouled at one side. Come Psalms 91. It can come to a thousand yeah. on one side. Ten thousand on but it ain't coming nigh me. He holds me in the heart of his hand and no devil can pull me out. You can't pull my wife out. You can't pull my children out. You can't pull my grandchildren out. That's right. And if you gotta be different from everybody else because you talk to God, go ahead and be different. We need somebody different. See everybody, everybody blending in. Jesus was in such demand. <laughs> and, and sometimes people, because they, they try to say, I'm too busy to pray. Well, his life got in such demand, he had to get up before the sun came up. Yeah. Yeah. He said, the whole world is seeking after you. Right. <laughs> he fed the, one of the groups with, a, with the loaves of bread, mm-hmm. fed one city with loaves of bread, and they decided to make him king because they didn't want to go to work. He said, if he gonna make, we can get him to make bread every day. <laughs> they, got, they had a meeting on that. They did. They had a meeting on that. And they got together, the leaders of the city said, if he going to make bread like that every day, yeah. let's just make him king. Huh. <laughs> and Jesus heard about the meeting. He got up and left. They woke up the next morning and went to look to where Jesus was standing. They said, he gone, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, they think about man not having to plow no more fields, not working anymore. You ain't got to work free bread every day. <laughs> Jesus said, I said I was the bread of life. Yeah, come on. But I ain't say I'm going to give it to you like that every day. That's right. <laughs> so they had another meeting after they found out Jesus was gone. They decided to collect all the boats that were in the region, find out what Jesus was, and row over there. So Jesus, get, you know, when you start walking with God, people are going to start looking for you. Yeah, yeah. You ever heard him say that? Those of you that know how to get a prayer through. Uh-huh. <laughs> say a prayer for me. <laughs> you know people don't know how to pray. When you ask for prayer on Facebook and you get five hands in a row. <laughs> you, you're in trouble right there. I'm just telling you right there. You are in trouble. You're in big trouble. <laughs> you better learn something in here. If you got friends like it, you better listen to me this morning. You better be listening. 
So they rolled all the way over there. <laughs> and Jesus, he busted them out. And they got him as master, all men are seeking you and all this stuff like that, trying to polish him up. And Jesus said, you didn't come after me because you want an encounter with God. You want more bread, don't you? And they said, well, <coughs> I've never been so insulted. <laughs> no, he said, you came looking for free bread. You should have been seeking the God that made the bread. You should have been after an encounter with him instead of trying to figure out how to eat more bread. Even if it is gluten free, you still should have been looking for God. And so they said, Lord, what, what must we do to do the works of God? He said, that's what you should have been after. You should have been after learning how to do it. Where the power, the source mm -hmm. yeah. of the power where it came. That's what you should have been after. Yeah. You just want bread. You want the end state. You don't want the one that made the state exist. He said, if you want to do the works of God, you're going to have to have faith. And you know what faith is? It's trust and confidence in God. And you only get it by spending time with him. So you got to have an encounter with God to be a person of strong faith. You have to have an encounter with God. Or you got to have an encounter with the culture. The culture of authority and faith like the centurion. Got time to talk about that right now. He says right here. And, and, and so they. He got up in the morning to pray. That's in Mark chapter one, verse 35. Don't have time to go there. He was certain place to pray. And when he ceased, they waited till he was done. Amen. When you develop this personal prayer life, you need time where you're uninterrupted. Yes. And I'm going to say this up front because it don't take hours to pray for you. Ten minutes will get you started in what he's going to teach. Yeah. There's no need of teaching a person how to pray, trying to get them to pray for you. Just wear them out. Mm -hmm. He says, teach us how to pray. That's what he's going to say. So when you teach somebody something, they are practicing a discipline. They're, they're learning something that they're going to do over and over and over again. It's going to become a way of life. When we teach you something, we want it to be a part of your life when somebody teaches you something. And so they, they, when he finished praying, and, and I'm saying this because you've got to have uninterrupted time. Because mm -hmm. God says, I want you to go in the closet and shut the door, and I want to have private time with you. The creator of the universe says, I want to have private, I want to talk to you. When you become a child of God, you, you, you are his son or his daughter, and he wants to have private time with you to talk to you about the plans and purposes he has for your life. Your life is going to unfold through prayer. Amen. Then he says this. He says um, as John as, as one of his disciples let's see he says uh, when he sees one of his disciples said unto him Lord teach us to pray that you know prayer is a taught subject. As John taught his disciples. Amen. Amen. 
which means that prayer is a taught subject. You know, I used to pray with my pastor. He would have prayer on Wednesday, Monday nights because he knew that a strong intercessory group was important for church. Church should be covered with prayer in everything it does. Every ministry in this church should be in prayer. Every ministry in this church should be involved in prayer. Because to proceed without God is going to produce less results than encountering him before you proceed in anything you do. You should talk to God about it. Every ministry in the church should be praying how to proceed with the assignment you've been given. It's a heavenly sign. Church is a heavenly sign. Jesus said, upon this rock I build my, my church. So I need to talk to the heavenly father in his behalf to find out how to proceed with them and just assume I know what, what God wants. I don't preach what I want. I don't have a preaching schedule throughout the year. I listen to what he wants and that's what he, we do. Because I talk to him and I find out what he wants and that's what we do. That's the direction we go in. Amen. You're going to find out it's going to empower your life. Every ministry team should be in prayer about what you're doing. You should seek him about what are we doing? What do you want to do? It's your church. You're the one building it. Amen. The Bible said, except the Lord build the house. That means a home should be in prayer. Because you're not building it. He said, except the Lord build a house. That's why so many homes face challenges that they can't overcome because you are not the builder of it. He said, except the Lord is building this house, it's in trouble. And houses can look like they're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes prayerless homes look like they're all right. Mm -hmm. But the storm is coming. That's right. That's right. The Bible doesn't say it, it's coming. Uh-huh. That's right. And it looks like they're going to be fine without Jesus, without an ounce of prayer, drinking beer, jumping in the swimming pool, then all of a sudden mm-hmm. darkness comes. Yeah. 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 Half the, over half the family's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let the devil show you somebody seems like they're doing good, mm-hmm. disobeying him. You ain't seen the end yet. The Bible said they can be gone. Just like yeah, this, this yeah. That, that didn't come out. Just like that, that's yeah. the, I messed that one up in the club, but this one still works. <laughs> in a moment of time, they just go. Yeah. Yeah. Irreparable damage, you can't fix it. Yeah. You're sitting there looking. No. It's a difference in building a house with God and building one without him. Yeah. I wouldn't dare try to have a home without honoring God first. Because I read the Bible now. And what happens in a home don't have to happen to yours. Whatever happened in your parents' home don't have to happen in yours. If it wasn't built on the rock, you can decide like Joshua did, ask for me and mine. Amen. He built an hour, praise God. Now, nobody rest of y'all. 
Come on. He couldn't change. You can only change what God gives you in your realm to change. Uh -huh. See, that's for me and my house. We're going to serve God. We are going to serve him independent of what y'all decide to do. That's what Joshua decided. And when he was 85 years old, because God was in his house and because of his encounters with God, the Bible said when he was 85, he was stronger than he was when he got fought, when he was 40, which means if you serve God and live with him, you don't, and you got him in your house, you don't have to get weaker because your age increased. You can get better, baby. You can get stronger because he promised I will renew your youth like the eagles if you let me get in there and talk to me to get better for you. Thank you, Lord. Still get a big old house and they can't even make it through your own house. Moses was 120 years old because of his counting with God. He didn't get weaker. He got stronger. The Bible said he climbed the mountain at 120 years old. Yes, he did. Instead of somebody pulling you up the mountain. The backside of it. The rough side of it. You can go up yourself. Yeah. The Bible said his eyes were still strong. Yeah. He could still see it was you. Yeah. Yeah. Still said, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> you better walk with God. Yeah. I'm trying to help you today. Yeah. I know we ain't got out of verse one, but I don't said a whole lot yeah. that you needed to hear. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Teach us how to pray. Prayer is communication with God. Yeah. That is the Greek definition of prayer. The Bible definitely means it means talking with God. It reminds me when Pastor Ness was preaching about Billy Graham. He said, the, the greatest regret I got in this life is I spent too much time talking to men and not enough time talking to God. People spend too much time communicating with people that can't empower them. And they do not spend enough time talking with God. My assignment is to have a church that talks to God. Thank you, Lord. You're going to find powers get ready to come. Oh, bless God forever. Powers get ready. I felt the Holy Ghost when I oh, said, yeah. we're going to be laying hands on the yeah, sick. Come on. Yeah. come on. See, when you're going to lay hands on somebody, don't be trying to get God to come in. Yeah. Yeah. God said, you ain't saying to me, ah, we clump. And now, you're standing in the need of prayer. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and you want me in here. I ain't going to be used like that now. What's it like when somebody just call you when they need something? Don't you have call ID? Yes. And you know nine out of ten calls is a need call. Yep. Yes. And you sitting there. And it's vibrating and it, and, 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 and it, it keeps, you know, the lights keep going on. You're looking at the name. You could have hit 
you know, start conversation or whatever. You could have hit engage or whatever. What's it called, Lisa? Huh? You could have hit answer, but you hadn't done it yet. It's done rang five times, but you still ain't hit a yes. Because you don't know if you want to answer it. Because it could be a knee call. And you're standing there, that's all they want. And they don't know you're talking to somebody else about them and looking at the phone. No, God wants to talk to you every day. Amen. Look what he says right here. He told his disciples, he said unto them, when you pray. So the first time, the first thing he taught them is when do you pray? Lord teaches how to pray. So prayer requires when. Real prayer, real communication with God includes when. You got to ask yourself that. The Bible said David prayed three times a day. Morning, noon, and night he talked to God. That's why he was able to accomplish what he accomplished. The Bible said Daniel at noontime would look to the, look to the east and begin to pray and open it. Even when it was politically wrong to pray, Daniel would still pray to God. And so when they threw him in the lion's den because he prayed to God, God went to the den with him. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it wasn't, it wasn't no snag or tooth line like you see on Jungle Book or something like that. Play with it lines. These lines hadn't eaten all week and they were hungry. But the Bible said, Daniel said, God sent an angel. He said, all the lions are going to lay down in here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you're hungry. Think on something else. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. Get your mind on something else. Yeah. Another day of fasting is not going to hurt you. Yeah. You're not going to have Daniel snacks today. Yeah. So the king come back the next morning. He wanted to know if Daniel's God. I needed to know. I know you talked to him. And I know you had an intimate relationship with him. But is your God that big? That he would shut the mouths of lions just for you. Because he knows you. Amen. Amen. What did God say in Psalms 91? Because they have set their love upon me. When they call. I will answer. Come on now. When they call, I will answer. They're going to get an answer. He's getting ready to hear the answer. When he sees my name, he goes, hello, Keith. So good to hear from you. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because the Bible said God delights in the prayer of the righteous. Yeah. What is it like when you somebody calling you and you delight in the call and you want to answer it? Yeah. When you see that it is somebody you really want to talk to, hello! <laughs> you didn't get through a full ring yet. Oh, yeah. Half of a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God said he delights yeah. in the prayers of the righteous. Yeah. Yeah. And that's who you are. Yeah. The righteousness of God in yeah. Christ. Yeah. Because he who knew no sin became sin for us 
that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which means it's not based on your performance. Jesus has done a work on you that when you call, he will answer and show you great and mighty things that you didn't know he could do. He shut the mouth of the lion and the king came out the next morning and said, oh, Daniel! How fair is thee? He said, king, live forever. Oh, my God has showed up and shut the mouths of the lions. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When God does something for you in public because you pray to him in private, everybody's going to know who you serve. Things are going to change for you. Hallelujah. Things are going to change for you. He fixed you so you can come into his presence. The Bible said, come boldly to the throne of grace. And get some help in time of need. Yeah. And then the guys that framed Daniel for praying. The king said, y'all set me up. Y'all set me up to try to get at the one that loved me. I'm going to do something to y'all. He said, throw him in there with the lines. The Bible says the lions didn't even let them hit the ground. Must have been NBA lions because they said the lions were coming up off the side wall. <laughs> catching them. Catching them. But it was, they, were, they had them consumed before they hit the ground. Which means you're going to be able to, because you know God, you're going to be able to walk in some places. Others can't walk. You're going to be able to do some things other people can't do. There's some stuff that ain't coming to your house. Come on now. No plague shall come nigh your dwelling. Oh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my strength, my God. Thank you, Lord. Some stuff that can happen to others. It don't happen to your children. Uh, even if they're out there not even doing what they're supposed to do, it does not matter. You in covenant with the most high God and he's keeping you in all your ways. That includes everything that's in your house is kept by the power of God. Yes. Abraham was in covenant with God in Canaan land. Had a nephew cutting up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Come on now. We talking about saving a nephew. Yeah. We ain't talking about your children. We talking about a nephew. Yeah, yeah. Because you walk with God. Yeah. God has to come to your house and yeah. say, "There's gonna be trouble in Sodom and Gomorrah," but your nephew is down there. I can't do nothing to it until he's out of there. Oh, you ought to give God some praise. Everything you birthed is going to heaven. Everything you fathered is going to heaven for you and your household because you stand in the presence of the almighty God. Everybody is getting saved up in here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory. The Bible said Abraham built 
his altars, but he pitched his tent. He built the altar where he talked to God. He built a prayer life. You take care of my home later on, but how I talk to God is more important than where I live, more important than what I drive, more important than where I walk, because I want it built right. I got to talk to God. You build what is important. And you pitch everything else. Hallelujah. When do you pray? When are you going to pray? The Bible didn't say if you pray, it says when. Now it says if you sin, you have an advocate. So you don't program in time sin. It's supposed to be an accident. You don't plan ahead right, right. and sin. Yeah, right. He said, if you sin, not when. Right, right, right. You should be planning <laughs> ahead. That's good, that's good. When are you going to pray? You got to answer that decision. You got to make a time. And all I'm asking our church to do it's 10 minutes. Because what I'm going to show you, if I get to it, <laughs> you don't take number 10 minutes. Because some people say, oh, we're going to be in prayer all day. <laughs> if we go down there with Pastor Roken, ain't no telling how long he's going to keep us in prayer. <laughs> well, it could be hours before he's done talking to God. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the general congregation like that. People pass out on you. <laughs> Jesus was going to go to the cross the next morning. The disciples said, that's it. Jesus, you done prayed too long. <laughs> Went straight to sleep on it. He had to pray through all by himself. Oh, but when he got done, he said, sleep on now. My eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord. I'm going to get to this thing. I'm going to get to the other side of this. The angels have come and strengthened me in the presence of God. I'm going to take the cross for you. But after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, the power of God is coming to raise me up with all power. Sleep on now. Yeah, all we need is a few good men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will yeah. get up in, That's right. before they get up in the morning. Come on, come on. And I don't care if you just got to roll out of bed yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right if you just roll out. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you look to heaven, yeah. I see yeah. my father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, power's given to come yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to set the day up for victory yeah. now. Oh, I rolled out. Yeah. But I'm about ready to stand up. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> And take my place yes. in the kingdom. Yeah. That's good. How long does it say? Huh. Take to say, my father, yeah. who art in heaven, yeah. hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, your name be honored. Yeah, 
yeah. In my life, I'll honor you. Yes, Lord. Your name be honored. Mm. <laughs> On earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom, your power. When he's talking about kingdom, yeah, yeah. you're calling for power. Yeah, yeah. You're calling for the day to be empowered. Yeah. When you say yeah. your kingdom, yeah, yeah. your rule, your dominion, yeah. you're calling for heavenly power. And intervention today. We will not do this without the kingdom of heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done. What you want is going to get done. On earth as it is in heaven. You have the authority to make earth line up with heaven in less than 10 minutes. He gives you that kind of authority as it is in heaven. So let it be. And he will not intervene until you say that. People ask, where's God? Where's your declaration on earth? as it is in heaven. Is anybody sick in heaven? That's the dominion mandate that Pastor Petrie was talking about. Where are the people that are saying on earth as it is in heaven? Your will. As it is prescribed in heaven, let it be done on earth. And that's what I normally say in my life. I want your will done in my life. Come on now. Then I say, my wife, because I can't have her dripping. If I'm Walking the right way. I can't have a coup right up in the house. Then I say in my wife and my children and in this church, in my city, you're supposed to pray for your city or your city will go crazy. I pray over my state, over this nation. Direct the hearts of our leaders. Yeah. Yeah. He says, pray for your leaders. I ain't got to that yet. I'm just trying to get you started. Yeah. We got to start at the foundation to get you started. Give us this day our daily bread. Supply us day by day. You determine the supply of God in your life by getting up and says, every day, I expect something. I expect a supply from heaven. David said, your goodness and mercy follow me all the days. You prepared a table for me. You're anointing my head with all my cup runneth over. You've got to say what heaven has provided for you. 
and you've got to call for it. I call for a supply every day. You just called your promotion. You just called the expansion of your business in. You just called the increase of God to come into your life. You just gave God permission to increase you. Every day, I get a supply from heaven. Then forgive us of our sins against you. Why you want to stay alive? You want to keep the relationship good. Mm-hmm. See, married people have to repent often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because you're going to do things to offend each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't let those things just mount up. Because mm-hmm. they're building a wall to try to bring division between yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you make a mistake, you apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I got past the sin to repenting every day. <laughs> Because I'm preaching this right now. I say, yeah, come boldly (laughs) to the throne. (laughs) I ain't going to talk about me right now because I ain't got that much time. I ain't got that much time. I can't talk about me right now. The time would get away from us. But anyway, you evaluate your relationship with God. If something in my life offend him, don't run. He said, you stand in my presence and you let my blood cleanse you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Forgive us of our trespasses against you. And we forgive everybody that trespass against us. Now you have established your relationship back with God. And now you're ready to say, Deliver me from all future temptations. You are clearing your day for deliverance from temptation. If temptations weren't coming, he wouldn't ask you to pray that. Now God never tips anybody. You pray to be delivered from temptation. And then you pray to be delivered from all evil. I pray for deliverance. Evil means things that oppose you. I pray for deliverance from all opposition. Nothing shall prevail over me. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now you just set your day. Now all you got to do now, just praise God the rest of the day. Oh, it's working. Oh, things are moving. Now what you've just done, you done released angels. You got the blood of Jesus and the Holy Ghost working. You got every, you got the whole kingdom engaged in less than 10 minutes. Teach us. You get through talking, you say it in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, Lord, you always hear me when I pray. So when you say this prayer is being released in the name of Jesus, you are saying, I know you heard me, and all heaven is engaged to bring it to pass. 
everything I just said. Well, hallelujah. You get some help today. Well, give God some praise in here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many people going to pray in the morning? You're going to get up and give, give me that release. The dominion prayer in the morning. Glory be to God. You're going to do that stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, we worship you in this place. We give you praise and honor and thanksgiving. Teach us to pray. We're still praying that. Teach us to pray. Teach us to be skillful in the word. Help me. Help me as pastor to teach this church and myself. Teach me your prayer life. Hallelujah. That each and every person, each and every person prevails because they stand in your presence. They prevail in the call of God upon their personal life. They prevail in their marriage. They prevail in their families. That this church prevails because you delight in our prayers. You're so excited that when we stand in your presence. So seal these instructions in our hearts this morning. Let them produce fruit in the name of Jesus. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you for church on the rock. You said from a small seed shall grow a mighty tree. And where there has been a little, there shall be a lot. And in our checkbooks, there shall be abundance and no lack. That you raise me up to be a ruler in this city and anointed my wife to minister to women and place these around us to hold up our hands. So I thank you for an anointing coming upon this church. Hallelujah. I thank you for the anointing of supplication and intercession coming upon this church in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Fresh anointing of intercession coming on this church in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ability to pray and touch heaven and shake earth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Fresh anointing of intercession coming on this church in the name of Jesus. Coming on these and stand in your presence in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I thank you for blessing this church with the discipline of praying the Lord's Prayer in the name of Jesus to be steadfast and unmovable in it each and every day. Hallelujah. To cause heaven to come to earth in the name of Jesus. And as you birth the discipline of prayer in us, I want to thank you for birthing the desire of prayer that, it, that the word of the Lord manifest in this house. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. I want to thank you that as each and every person stands in your presence in private, I want to thank you for blessing them publicly. I want to thank you for outward manifestations that they have been with God. 
in the name of Jesus, showing up in their marriages, in their children, in their businesses, in their occupations, in their minds, in their bodies, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And let the peace of God that passes all understanding keeps their heart and mind in the name of Jesus. As you birthed the desire to pray, we move from discipline to desire. Teach us that in your presence is fullness of joy. And as they begin to receive results of standing in the presence of God, let the delight of prayer prevail in their hearts. And where we delight to be, we have no time limit. And so we give you praise and honor and thanksgiving. We receive, hallelujah, a house of prayer for all nations. We respond to that call as we stand in your presence. And wherever we are and whatever level we are, hallelujah, we thank you that we're standing in your presence in the name of Jesus. Now let the revival that you declared be first birthed in prayer in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let the prayer inspire how we preach. And let the prayer inspire how we sing. And let the prayer inspire how we serve. Hallelujah. Because prayer means we have an encounter with you. And we're doing it with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.